Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable... New England's own Van Helsing. With me, all the way from East Bridgewater, is the blonde bombshell herself, and Carrigan. Maybe not. Okay, so anyways, I guess I'm here. Is Linda here? I am here. Thank God someone's here. <laughs> That's so funny. Anyways, uh, joining us now while we try to get Ann back in the line is... Um, Someone who I've known for a long time. And I was trying to figure out when I first met you. And uh, before I get into that, let me introduce you. She is the ghost investigator, Linda Zimmerman. 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 Is that correct? You've got that. Yeah, Zimmerman. Yes. Ah, so that's good. <laughs> but I, I actually met you in, you're not going to believe this. You want to guess? Oh, well, probably almost. 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, I believe it was in 2005 at the first... Uh, we, I pro we talked prior to that, we talked over the phone, but when I first met you physically in 2005 at the first um, event at the uh, Hooten Mansion, and that was Contact. Do you remember yes. that? Yes, I did. I loved that place. Do you still do that? The... the the um, place is no longer uh, available. Oh, uh, yeah, we hear you. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry. We heard we heard you before. Apparently, my Wi-Fi just died. I don't know. We heard you before. <laughs> you were saying, "Oh, we go. Can anybody hear?" We said, "Yeah, we all can hear you." Anyways, uh, moving right along, uh, Linda Zimmerman's, I guess. And, uh, yeah, that was a, a long, long time ago. And I remember you had uh, little uh, with CDs with uh, ghost stories on them and all that cool stuff. Do you remember that way back then? Wow, that does go way back when. I remember those CDs, yes. I still have one, by the way. Oh, cool. It's an antique now. <laughs> yeah, sort of like me. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so what I mean, we talked, I think, uh, maybe last year or the year before. And uh, what have you been up to? I, I Someone told me I saw your friend Linda Zimmerman on TV. I bet only you're my friend because uh, that's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, last year I was on, oh, I don't know, six or seven episodes of uh, Paranormal Survivor. Uh huh. That show, the I think it was the second season. Uh, maybe that's what they saw me on. Um, I've done a couple other shows, but that's that's probably the most recent. And that was fun, um, except we filmed during a heat wave in Toronto. How often yeah. does that happen? <laughs> that's unusual. <laughs> in a house with no air conditioning. And I was like, wow, I really hope people don't see the sweat running off me. And... <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, that was that was fun. And um, working on a couple of other projects, I've been uh, very much into writing about uh, UFO sightings in the in the Hudson Valley. Oh wow, that's a switch. Yeah. Well, you know, it was the weirdest thing. I would for you know 15 years, I would give a ghost lecture. And more often than not, somebody would come up to me afterwards and start telling me their UFO experience. And I'm ah. thinking, were they asleep for my whole lecture? Did they <laughs> did they miss that? And I'm like, well, that's interesting, but why are you telling me that? And they're like, it's all connected, isn't it? And, you know, after a uh, hundred of these stories, I said, yeah, I think uh, this is definitely something to pursue. So um been very active in that. Um, also been writing about... Uh, what I believe are ancient uh, Native American stone sites um, in in this area, and uh, doing the ghost work is still in between all of that. The uh, the interesting thing about the paranormal is that like if you took a picture, especially say in a lab, and you show it to someone who's like a, a ghost person and say, oh, that's, uh, you know, that's an orb. That's, uh, depending on what they believe, they'll say a stuff particle. Or they'll say that's uh, the energy of a spirit. And then if you show it to someone who uh, is in a UFO, they'll say, oh, that's uh, that's an ET. I can tell you, we get those when, uh, yeah, you know, there's certain sites and blah, blah, blah. And if you talk to someone else, it may be the Virgin Mary. So it, it, everything <laughs> built, it, built it through our own beliefs. Do you agree? Yeah. Don't you agree? Yeah, that is a good point. Um, there does seem to be overlap. Um, I can't explain it, but for example, uh, the town of Pinebush, which you may have heard of, um, they call themselves the UFO capital of the Northeast, but they could easily call themselves the haunted capital, at least of this area. It's crazy haunted. Um, the number oh. of places and... So there you have you you have both and you have cryptids and you have all manner of strangeness there. That's that's the intriguing part. Of course, you know we have our own little UFO when we have the, we had the first uh, inductions here of the people up in Derry, New Hampshire. Uh, they're famous. I can't even remember the, the name. Betty and Barney Hill. Oh yeah. Ah, Betty. the hills, right? Yeah. Kind of sounds like the Bridgewater Triangle down here. Exactly. Yes. And uh, there's all kinds of strangeness going on there, I understand. Oh, yes. Yes. But everything you just ticked off on that that list. (laughs) Yeah, that happens down here, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a hot spot. Yeah, Yeah, so I don't if you have an explanation, please tell me. I don't know how it is so much strangeness occurs in such a small geographical area well they blame the native americans here <laughs> well doesn't uh, everybody yeah i know well they cursed the land uh and supposedly you know that carries forward to this day um because the wampum belt was king philip's wampum belt was stolen and it was never found and he cursed basically cursed the white man um and it, it, that's that's the reason. <laughs> well, that's, that's as good of reason as any. Um, <laughs> I, I think I got his belt in my collection over here. Actually. Oh, you took it. 
Probably. We blame Van Helsing. <laughs> so let me ask you that. Uh, speaking of, do you collect unusual things, Linda? Um, not so much. Not things that are from haunted sites. Although I do have some very lovely china from a murder site, but I oh, couldn't oh. help myself. Yeah, um, I try not to bring home things that might not have good karma or energy on them. Oh. But I, I have all kinds of collections. I collect all kinds of uh, weird objects and uh, things to do with space and astronauts and oh, neat. UFOs and robots. And uh, so, yeah, I'm... Uh, I have a pretty fun uh, fun house here. People come in and like, wow, <laughs> you live here, huh? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah, and my uh, my dining area is set up to look like a diner. So, uh, oh, I remember seeing pictures there. That was so cool. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Now, you know, we got this whole house and property, but everybody wants to sit in the diner like they've never been in a diner before. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I am uh, I am drawn to the weird and the unusual. That's where I'm comfortable. It's probably why we get along. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So how did, now I miss, I'm sorry, cause, and I apologize if you already talked about this because I dropped out at the beginning of the conversation there. How did you get involved in the um, the Paranormal. UFOs? Not just the paranormal. Well, I guess UFO is in that paranormal category. But yeah, why? We already did the, the UFO. How she switched over to that? Yeah. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. Okay. So but, uh, the, uh, the the how I got into uh, ghost hunting was um, uh, it was a very strange road. But aren't they all? Um, I was a research scientist. I was uh, working for a medical diagnostics company, and uh, I enjoyed writing. And, you know, I'd watch ghost shows and things like that. But, you know, my my nine to five was in a lab with test tubes and the company was sold and they they closed the research department. And I said, you know, maybe I should try writing because it was something I thought I would do when I retired. And um, I started writing about local history and people started asking about ghost stories. And I realized there was so much interest in it. Mm -hmm. um, I started telling a few ghost stories and it just exploded. I mean, people were literally, they would mail me their house keys. And <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> They would mail their house keys and they'd say, oh, you know, we're going to be on vacation for two weeks. Could you go to my house and, uh, oh, you know, funny. see if uh, see about this haunting? And oh, my I, God. Oh, it, I don't I don't know how the reputation and word spread, except, you know, over 20 years ago, not many people were doing this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there weren't all these ghost hunting groups. Um okay. And so I was invited to all kinds of amazing, you know, historic homes and, and cemeteries and prisons. Sweet. And, oh, it was it was fabulous. And, I, you know, I still am. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing this and getting these, you know, uh, invitations. And as you know, every investigation is different. You never you never know what you're going to find. You go in thinking it's you know, going to be Casper and it's some you know, <laughs> horrendous axe murder ghost. 
mm. um, you know, and vice versa. So, uh, but the people I've met, the stories I've learned about, you know, behind these spirits, um, it's just an adventure that I hope never ends. That's awesome. <laughs> Now I'm on I am on your your website, which actually I just posted on our Facebook page. Um, uh, it's kind of long, so uh, it's it's go to zim z i m dot com. Um, but you, if you go to our Facebook page, click on the link. It's a little easier. You're a zo- you're a zombie killer. I love zombies. You are my girl. You are my girl. Uh oh. I'm like, oh my god. The rest of the show off. Oh my god, zombies. She loves zombies. We need to get together. (laughs) Yes, I am finishing up the third uh, book in my trilogy of Hudson Valley Zombie Apocalypse. That's awesome. And I'll tell you, for for every ten ghost or ufo books i sell if i sell mm-hmm. one zombie book i'm like yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic my friend uh and i have a, my my best friend elizabeth russell also does zombie books and we just are fanatics and and, and i love it i love it that you have zombie books so i'm gonna have to check them out Yes, and that photo you're seeing there of me with a uh, with an automatic weapon on each yes, hip. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm you know I'm very fanatical when I write. I need to get things accurate. Mm-hmm. So I went up to New Hampshire to a place called Machine Gun Safari, yes. that <laughs> I, so that I could get machine gun and automatic weapons uh, experience. Yeah, and, and knowledge. Yeah, I loved. Every round of it. Oh my God, that's amazing, and and you know it's true because and and again, my friend uh, Elizabeth has done the same thing. She's read up on the books, you know, like about weapons and gone, and she's trying because when you're writing about that type of uh, weaponry, you know, you have to be familiar with with it. It's it's kind of a little, you know, it's a little part of it that you need to know about. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the recoil, Uh, you know, you see some of these movies and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, that that would have knocked that person on their butt, you know, firing it like it's a little pop gun. (laughs) So in all things, whatever I'm writing, I look for realism. So great. Oh, that's amazing. So I love it. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. Wow. So. So you're done with zombies. All right, I'm done with zombies, Ron. I'm sorry. But are I zombies just... done with us? Oh, give me a break. <laughs> oh, Ron, no. Did you ever see that? What was that? World War Z? I yeah, have... that was okay. Yeah, what the hell is that with fast moving zombies? Give me a yeah, break. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't see how, you know, severe illness or death makes you faster. Yeah, Zombies exactly. are supposed to shuffle. They're not supposed yeah, to. I know. Run. That's the whole thing about them. That's, you know, it's like a dialect. You know, they never could go upstairs. You know, that, but then they made them go upstairs and fly. And, well, that's another Yeah, story. that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Roy has declared that he loves fast zombies. In what? The, uh, Roy, he loves fast zombies. Uh, <laughs> can you but no, they're not supposed them? to. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, I mean, 
guys are both zombie nuts. I guess uh-huh. that's a good way to put it, uh, if there is a good way. But uh, is it based on reality? How much of it is it really based on reality? Do you oh, think? very little. thank god you said that (laughs) oh right you know really i i agree yeah (laughs) yeah but what i did in my books is um i tried it once again to make it as realistic as possible and based it on actual scientific papers of these i won't say what it is in case anybody wants to read it um but I really did study to try to get something plausible that would take over the human nervous system. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so, but, but yeah, I, yeah, always brains. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just so much fun. I, um, Oh, I know, you know, it's great escapism and, uh, get to work out my inner zombie. We all would like to go zombie at some points. Wouldn't we? Seriously. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, think, I think half the people in this country are zombies. But that <laughs> They're cell phone zombies. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, uh, all right. So let's move on. From, but I don't know. Zombies. Is, it, it's such, it is an interesting subject, but uh, I don't know. I just can't get into that Walking Dead, despite. Oh God. I, I, I know, and I'm sorry, but but I mean, there were good zombies. You know, what Dawn of the Dead back in the. The black yeah. and white. Do you remember those? The the way back uh, then. I ate up every single one of mm-hmm. them. Okay. <laughs> I I've seen the remake of Dawn of the Dead, but I I've never seen the original. I don't see the original. I mean, some honest to God, some of those. When you think about uh, some of those original movies when they were done with black and white and and no CGI, no big budgets, and you know limited special effects, and and they were, they were decent movies. If you saw if you saw the thing, the thing was uh, a, a great great movie, and you know Carpenter remade it, and it's really not the thing; it's sort of the thing. I, I like to call it sort of the thing, but uh, <laughs> it's it's you know back then they they were still gotcha, even though they had like you said a very limited budget, a very no CGI, none of that stuff, and you know it's they the tales were good back then. I, yeah, yeah. The, like the uh, the movie about the haunt was it the haunting of Hill House with Julie Harris, the old black and white, the haunted. That is my haunted. favorite movie. And then when they the re- haunting, the haunting, haunting. Yeah. When yeah. they remade it, it was laughable. It was yeah, it was yeah. CGI does not evoke fear. I'm like sorry. Thirteen oh, Ghosts. No. I saw the original Thirteen Ghosts in the theater with the the little glasses you put on. And, and then they remade it and put it in this stupid house, and it wasn't 13 Ghosts at all. <laughs> it was just stole the title show. But, uh, yeah. The Haunting is one of those movies. Okay, I know I, I'm, I'm, like, obsessed with this movie. It was made in 1963, which was the year I was born. But um, it's, it's just such it, – it totally relies on, on the fear factor. There's no – Really, no special effects. No, very little. And yeah, psychological it's, terror. It's yeah. all exactly, and it's. I will sit and watch that movie any day of the week. If I see it on TV, I'll watch it. I have the DVD. If I just feel like watching it, I'll pop it in and watch it for the hundred millionth time. <laughs> and it's just, um, 
and you, and it's funny, uh, Brian and Jerry Gray down in Oneida, New York, that have uh, their their haunted house. They they are also Collin. obsessed with this movie, the Collinwood people. Yeah, um, so I, there's a little cult out there, um, and it's the original. It's the mm-hmm. original movie with Julie Harris. So I'm just saying, if no one has seen that movie, yes, it's old school. It's black and white. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Go just watch it. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Should we talk about real ghosts? Sorry. Well, well about ghosts. <laughs> do, do you remember some of the early ghost TV shows? Uh, Linda, I, I, I think, or Anne? Um, ghost TV shows. No, I just remember things like, uh, you know, One Step Beyond and other things that talked about. Uh, that's the thing I always went for, the, you know, the... The, like outer limits and the outer limits, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I do you do you remember um, one step beyond? I have the collection in, in my. Uh, there TV you go. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't get enough of that. All the you know bizarre things that they covered in that show, and then I really liked uh, sightings. When uh, was that? Early nineties. Yeah. They always <laughs> had a ghost or a UFO. Sometimes both. Every every episode. And in search I, of. In search of, yeah, I miss that. I I don't know that, you know, uh, sitting, watching a bunch of ghost hunters sitting in the dark, you know, yelling and running around. It doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. I, yeah, that's not in search of. <laughs> search of is Leonard Nimoy narrated one. It's, it's excellent, I think. Oh, right. Yep. But yes. The- oh, yeah. In search of, um you know, that was that was my first uh, introduction to Stone Sites when he one of their first shows was America's Stonehenge right mm-hmm. there in New Hampshire. And I think uh, I think it was a couple of weeks after the show aired and I was drove up, you know, the, drove the five hours to go to that site. <laughs> that. So that was my neck of the woods, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. So I wouldn't yeah. have to from there. Right. That's funny. But the, one of the first ones, uh, a ghost show on TV, uh, it, it was actually a comedy, believe it or not, was uh, Topper. Cosmo Topper was a, uh, he, yes. he had an apartment in New York City, and he inherited uh, uh, to the Kirby's, uh, Marion and George, and their St. Bernard, who all died in a skiing accident. And he was the only one who could see him, and they, they were ghosts. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember the show so much, but I've probably seen the original Topper movie with Cary Grant, uh, you know, about 50 times. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I have to, I have those on DVD as well as the original. But anyways, we really got into nostalgia here. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it does, when you write your books, now, especially your zombie books, which I assume is fiction, right? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> As of as of this point, it is still fiction. I mean, do you put that same psychological terror, or try to put that same psychological terror into those books, as as for instance that we were talking about? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, the movies. Um, I loved old movies, and uh, they made a a big impact on me. A big, they've had a big influence, and um, I. You know, I try to have moments where, you know, there's not a lot of action, but the internal dialogue of whoever it is at that moment, you know, to build up the the that 
that psychological terror, I think, um, if you can, you can keep up psychological terror page after page, whereas Mm -hmm. if you try to keep that up with action, it's like, you know, those 45 minute car chase scenes. It's like, Mm -hmm. all right, you know, (laughs) but then I also try to, whether I'm writing about a real ghost story or investigating a haunted site, I need those breaks of, of humor or to step away. Um, because again, you can't, you know, some of these investigations are extremely stressful and, I personally need those breaks, step away, have a little laugh, you know, a little, you know, to get yourself ready to go back in and, and, you know, keep your concentration. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, you've got to, you've got to have some humor after all. I mean, you're looking for invisible people in a dock. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. (laughs) But it, it's it's all intriguing stuff, and and you have written. How many books have you written now? Uh, uh, it's over thirty. Wow. Uh, I, I'm I don't know the exact count. Um, wow. Yeah, and about half of those are ghost books. So I'm I've done. When we met, I was on volume four or five of the Ghost Investigator series. Mm-hmm. I've now completed thirteen volumes. And wow. I've, have enough material for volume 14, which I will start working on as soon as I finish the zombie book. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Zombies come first, don't they? They better. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So these, uh, your paranormal books are all, all nonfiction. They're about your experiences, investigations. Yes. The ghost investigator series is, I tell you like it is, you know, the history of the location, what I found or didn't find, you know, I present, I present all the evidence. And we we actually have to interrupt you now because we have to take a break, but uh, we also have a question for you in the chat room as well. So we're going to take a right back uh, break and we'll be right back. Uh, You're listening to ghost Chronicles with uh, Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick and a very special guest. The ghost investigator and alien and zombie writer, Linda Zimmerman. We'll be right back. first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Feel the need to do some soul-searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? 
then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our special guest this evening, ghost investigator Linda Zimmerman. Clickety-clack, I hear Ron typing. Yeah, <laughs> Hello, Ron. I'm here. Oh, no, did we lose Linda? No, I'm here. Oh, she's here. Oh, good. Thank God. We just, we just, <laughs> we just let you uh, bask in your own uh, juices. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for that chat room question. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, Stephen Scott in our chat room would like to know, uh, oh, I lost the question. Where? Oh, oh, come back. I'm sorry. Where? 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 It's right there. Ah, I like what impact does TV sh- do TV shows have on expectation and results in paranormal investigations nowadays? Oh, uh, that's a yeah, that's a good question because I think uh, people assume that you go out and buy all this equipment and you go to a site and you, you know, command every spirit to you know, come give you evidence and, you know, at the end of your episode, you have all the evidence and, you know, uh, data you need and it doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. Um, I think, uh, and, and I also, um, think that people think you need a whole group. I have so many people contact me and saying, oh, I, I need to, jo- you know, I want to join a group. Well, you don't need a group to investigate a haunted site. If you have some place in mind or your own house, you're more than capable of, of you know, doing your own investigation. Um, so I think it like the like the CSI shows. Um, I remember somebody who uh, uh, works with juries for a living, and she said that everybody now expects that. Um, you know, the prosecutor is going to have all this incredible evidence and proof uh, because that's what happens on CSI shows. They always right. have a smoking gun. Mm-hmm. So I think um, it gives an unrealistic portrayal of a, of a ghost hunt. Um, I've been on cases where you go the first two, three times and absolutely nothing happens. And then <laughs> yeah. Right? And uh-huh. then, 
time all hell breaks loose or you sit there bored out of your mind for five hours and then hour six it's crazy right so there's there's nothing predictable about a ghost hunt you need infinite patience um you need to be honest with yourself uh you know as to what is valid evidence and what is not and you need to uh, to be tenacious and keep at it absolutely agree yep Mm -hmm. i know so many people think like if they've never been on an invest like it's one thing if you go like when you go in a big group like you pay money to go on a quote-unquote investigation and you know you get frustrated because maybe nothing's happening or maybe you know things are happening that you didn't think would happen i i don't know you know but that's that's not the real that's not the real thing that's it's not because there's no. a lot of, there's a lot yeah. of sitting around <laughs> yes from the from the beginning people would always you know one of the you know the first question they'd ask is can they come with me mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. um and then the second question well what's the best way to conduct a ghost investigation you know they're thinking i'm going to tell them to buy you know thousands of dollars worth of equipment and I said, the best thing to do is sit still and be quiet mm-hmm. and right. start start there. All good investigations should start there and, you know, have a digital recorder and a camera or a camcorder and make sure you like what you're doing. Um, I have a friend who just bought this unbelievable collection of ghost hunting equipment because the woman went out and spent thousands of dollars and realized it wasn't for her. She ah. was, you know, it was boring. And then the moments that weren't boring were terrifying and she didn't <laughs> want any part of it. So he, uh, he got pennies on the dollar. Oh my God. Just about every ghost hunting equipment, a piece of equipment you can imagine. That's funny. You you have to wonder what went through that person's mind. What did they think was they going watched, to They watched. Yeah, all why the, they watch, yeah, they watched what, that crap on TV. Yeah, you know? what, what uh, was it Stephen had? Of course, uh, you know, if something does happen, of course you're going to be terrified. You've never done that before. You're going to be terrified. My first ghost investigation, I was terrified. And nothing, you know, very few things happened. I was still terrified. Right. Yeah. You're on constant alert. You know, you're listening, you know, you're just straining to hear every sound, to see every photon of light that you can. You don't know what's going to happen. You're in a strange location in the dark where probably something tragic had happened. And chances are there is a real haunting or you wouldn't have been called there in the first place. Um so yeah, it's it's not for everybody. So uh, don't jump in with both feet, financially or you know, commitment-wise. So what what would you, your your probably your most favorite investigation that you were did? Oh, um, it would have to be at the Columns Museum in Milford, Pennsylvania. Um, I was making a list for a lecture I was doing the other night of of firsts or most intense, 
And this one got the most in-your-face spirit ghost I had ever encountered. Um, I wasn't two feet in this. It's an old mansion. I wasn't two feet in the door before I sensed the presence of this woman. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not a psychic, but, you know, you do a couple hundred ghost investigations. You, you do get some level of ability. And I just clearly pictured this woman, upswept hair, you know, long, straight skirt dress. And I, I, at one point, something touched the back of my head. Actually, it felt like a finger go up under my baseball cap, mm-hmm. moving back and forth. And I felt like she just read me like a book. And I was saying to my friend, Mike Warden, who's a police officer who's gone on many ghost hunts with me, mm-hmm. I kept saying to him, that this this woman knows who I am. And I, and I don't know why I kept saying she knows who I am. And later on in, during the night, I hear like the swishing of, you know, like taffeta skirts or something mm. going through the, the ground floor. So I run after the noise. Mike runs after to me. <laughs> it, it ends up in this, um, it's the office for this house museum. And I remember being so disappointed saying, you know, what is she going to do? Fax me? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And Mike pointed to these file cabinets where there are probably 10,000 articles and newspaper clippings and everything. But I just pulled out a file folder. And one of the first articles I pulled out was about ghost hunting. And it right there, it said Linda Zimmerman paranormal investigator (laughs) oh my god wow i could not if i had written that as fiction people would say oh yeah right (laughs) it was the most unbelievable validation it was it was the dream investigation um we know who this woman was um she did not live in the house but when she was in mourning for over 20 years and when she died all her mourning clothes went on exhibit in this museum or went to the museum's collection oh she was known for being very psychic she would read everybody's fortunes with that she was from europe they thought she might have been a gypsy or something mm-hmm. so clearly she had psychic abilities that have not been lost simply because she passed away mm. it's so funny you mention that because uh we've been doing these uh red light seances once a month uh first tuesday of the month for over two and a half years now and it's a, an attempt to uh, understand. I mean, we tape them all and we videotape them, but to understand uh, media, physical mediumship. The last one came through, and we've never had this before, was that it was a uh, medium. And she actually was given her messages by showing us tarot cards. Oh. That's oh. different. Yeah, it's, I've never, never experienced that before or even heard of it before so it was, it was quite unique well there there you go so yes that has to be the all-round most remarkable case i had ever worked on i would think so that would be yeah definitely down one archives were a, a great yeah great it's not too often you you know and i when i saw the picture of this woman she looked exactly as i had a mat you know seen her in my in my 
mind's eye. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how often do you go to a, I mean, I'd never been to this place before. You know, it's about an hour from my home and you find your own name. Um, it's yeah. Really <laughs> That's but amazing. It, it is kind of cool, too. And um, I, I, I was so surprised when you uh, you told me that I had I never pictured that type of an ending. It's like, wow, that is so super cool. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, when you think about it, of all the ones you do, and, and and as you mentioned before, a lot of times it's just like, eh, nothing really happens, does it? And yet that one case you get, it, it just makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, it just blows your mind and hooks you all over again. Um, so you know. Just that one case alone, I would keep doing this forever based on that. Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. So if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and, and uh, learn more about your books and some of the stuff you do, I, I assume you give lectures and stuff as well. Yes, quite a lot of lectures and, you know, programs such as yours. So um, I have numerous Facebook pages for um, my books, you know, all my different interests. Uh, I wonder if say Facebook. I was just curious. Excuse me? I wonder if we're friends on Facebook. I just don't Oh, I don't I don't know. Well we'll I, have I don't think I've ever seen you in my feed, so we'll have to rectify that. Certainly <laughs> will. Um and then my website um as was mentioned before is go to zim.com G O T O Z I M dot com. You can see all the crazy things I'm doing and it has my complete schedule there. Awesome. You look like you're very busy. <laughs> I'm not complaining. You don't want to be a board, uh, a board uh, lecturer, author, investigator. Right, right. Yeah, you have a lot of upcoming appearances. One of them now um, is the Underground Railroad. Oh, that's well, cool. That, yeah, that, um, you know, has nothing paranormal going on to it, but I do write about uh, just... Um, a local librarian knew uh, I used to write and lecture, teach the Civil War, and uh, asked if I w- they were doing uh, a theme of Underground Railroad uh, things. So um, it, it's fascinating, uh, the things I learned about my own backyard, uh, literally, you know, what went on in, in my local towns. So... Mm. Um, yeah, I'm very interested in science and history as well as all things bizarre. <laughs> so uh, you, you must be interested in growing up what you did with the uh, Knickerbocker writers, right? The authors, Knickerbocker authors. The, um, like uh, Washington Irving? Yeah, Washington Irving, the Headless Classman. And oh, the, of the course, yeah, that was, yep, right across the river from me. So, um yeah, I, I've been very influenced by uh, literature, and but I, you know, I can't discount or sell short how influenced I've been by movies and TV shows. Um, you learn a lot. You learn a lot about presenting things, about, uh, you know, entertaining, educating, and just having fun. Yeah, and now we actually have a, a new piece we're adding to the show now called, uh, I forget what the name of it is, Legends by Jeff Belanger, I believe. Uh, 
So, uh, Linda, if you want to stick around with us, we're going to play. This is, is a few minutes long. Uh, we'll say goodbye to you, and uh, it's entirely up to you. Um, I'll stick around. Awesome. 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 So, Roy, can we play that uh, video piece now? Ray, what if I told you there were untold riches buried nearby from a pirate who hid his gold here long ago? I'd be interested to know what you dig. Okay, what if I was a ghost and told you all of this? Hmm, I think I'd be a lot less interested in digging. Yeah, but not Hiram Marble. Spirits told him to dig near a collapsed cave for pirate treasure. And dig he did for the next 16 years. But did he find gold? Hello, I'm Jeff Belanger. And I'm Ray Osher. Welcome to New England Legends, the micro podcast. Each week, we're going to bring you a story of legend and lore from somewhere in New England. We're calling this a micro podcast because each episode is going to be short. Jeff, over the last two decades, you've written over a dozen books on strange paranormal tales. You host the New England Legends television show on PBS and Amazon Prime. And now you bring these stories to radio. I'm excited to work with you on this. And Ray, you've worked in radio for 20 years. You're a musician, a music promoter, a storyteller in your own right with your distracted driving show. Plus, you're also a New England native. You're the perfect guy to do this with me. So where are we going this week? Okay, Ray, when you think of pirates, what's the first location that comes to mind? Uh, The Caribbean, maybe New Orleans? Of course. And those were hot spots. But here in New England, we had our share of scallywags and buccaneers. Boston Harbor and New York Harbor were rich trading ports. And where there's riches... There's opportunity. So this week we're heading to Lynn Woods on the north shore of Boston, Massachusetts. You see, in spring of 1658, a ship appears in Lynn Harbor. Now, the ship was painted black. It had no flag flying from its mast, no Jolly Roger, no nothing. I think I've seen this movie, Jeff. (laughs) Right. Now, some locals watched a small rowboat drop from the side of the ship while four sailors climbed aboard with a chest and some supplies. They rowed ashore and made camp in a place today known as Pirate's Glen. I guess it would have been too obvious if it was called Pirate's Glen back then, right? Right. They'd just be waiting for you to capture, right? It'd be too easy. So the British soldiers hear about this, and they capture three of the pirates and grant them an appointment with the gallows right away. But the fourth, Thomas Veal, he escapes into the woods where he finds a cave. Locals claim he kind of blended in over the next few weeks. He kept to himself, he didn't cause trouble, and he took odd jobs for money. But then there's this big earthquake, April 14th, 1658. This happened. Locals who ventured up near the cave where Thomas Veal took refuge find it's collapsed, and there's no sign of Veal either. It doesn't take long for someone to start thinking maybe he's buried under these rocks with a chest full of pirate gold. Now, is the story of Thomas Veal true? We're not sure. But here's what we do know. In 1824, Washington Irving published Tales of a Traveler with a story called The Devil and Tom Walker. And that story mentions the treasure of Captain Kidd being buried in a ridge above a swamp near Boston. Now, in 1829, Alonzo Lewis published a book called The History of Lynn that mentions the Thomasville pirate story and a place he called Dungeon Rock. And in 1834, a group of Lynn locals went up to that cave with some powder kegs and tried to blow up those rocks in an effort to unearth that treasure. And did they find anything? No, they did not. And if they did, they never told anyone. So now we have to fast forward to 1852. A man named Hiram Marble, who was part of the spiritualist movement... Right, the spiritualist movement started in 1848. Didn't they believe they could communicate with the dead? Exactly. Ray, that was their religion. And it's based off of mediumship or spirit communication. You know, the John Edwards, the Sylvia Browns. This is where it all began for them. So Hiram Marble was one of these early spiritualists. He claims a spirit told him to go to Dungeon Rock and start digging. 
he was told he'd find enough gold to build a large spiritualist church in Lynn and launch spiritualism to the world. So Hiram Marble buys the land around Dungeon Rock, builds himself a house, and starts digging every day. So if this guy can find gold, he basically proves spiritualism for real. That's right. If he finds gold, think about it. You'd mention Jerusalem, Mecca, and Lynn, Massachusetts, all in the same breath. But we don't mention them together, do we? I, I think I know how this ends. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so for the next 16 years, Hiram Marble digs, blasts. He works that solid basalt rock with his son, Edwin. He even sells bonds for $1 or $5 to locals, which entitles them to some of the riches. When he finds them. Not if. When. Hiram dug until he died November 10th, 1886. And his son Edwin, under the direction of spirits, continued to dig until his own death, January 19th, 1880. Now, how big was this tunnel? So they made the tunnel 135 feet long. It was about 7 feet high and 7 feet wide. And it goes down and around in like this spiral until they hit a water table and could go no further. The strange thing is, they claim the spirits directed them to tunnel through the opposite side of the rock so they could eventually come up from under the cave-in and find the treasure. Is there anything left there today? So yeah, you can go to Lynn Woods and it's open to the public. And so is Hiram Marble's tunnel. But bring a flashlight because once you get down past the door, it's completely dark. And you can follow the trail all the way down and see how far they got. So these guys must have really believed in what they were doing. And I think that's the biggest takeaway here. It's why we keep talking about this legend. Digging that tunnel was a test of their faith, and they saw it through to their death. And the strange thing is, having been there myself, it's this big rock, and you can see on one side where the cave-in is. And Hiram Marble went into this weird crevice in the middle and went in the opposite direction. It was the most inefficient way you could possibly go to try to get to the treasure. But he did it until the day he died, and so did his son. And you have to respect that. In a weird way, you kind of do. Check back with us next week when we bring you another strange but true tale from somewhere in New England. And we want you guys involved. If you have a story you've heard that you want us to check out. Could be a monster, ghost, alien, or just some odd bit of history. Just let us know. You can email us at info at OurNewEnglandLegends.com. We'll also make each episode available on Jeff Belanger's Facebook page and link to it from OurNewEnglandLegends.com. Until next time, remember, the bizarre is closer than you think. story. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Been there many times. Did you find anything? Yeah, water. <laughs> There's a lot of water near Lynn. Linda, <laughs> have you have you ever heard of that story, Linda? Um, I didn't know the extent of it, but yes, I had heard the story about the man searching for pirate treasure because a ghost or spirit told him. But yeah. uh, that was that was great. I I loved it. It is cool, and you can go there, which makes it even cooler. You can go into the tunnel and everything, so it's 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 pretty neat. Oh, I will do that someday for sure. Well, <laughs> if you ever come up this neck of the woods, let me know, and I'll give you a guided tour. All, All right. right. He'll good. bring his lantern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, I, I, you asked me before, when we, first, when we actually we first opened the show, how you did contact with us back in uh, 2005, I believe it was. And uh, that has been going on since then. We, it, it, morphed, uh, it moved from the Houghton Mansion after, I think, three or four years, and then it came up to Haverhill and became Revelation for several years, and then uh, something else, and it eventually became uh, SpiraQuest, which we've been doing for uh, six years now, seven years now. And... Uh, 
And we always have a theme. Uh, this year is Houdini and Doyle. So we look at uh, two, you know, it's based on the Fox series that they didn't renew the idiots. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's based on the lives of Harry Houdini and uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So oh. that, that's coming up next weekend, I believe, right? Uh, not this coming weekend, but the following week, 29th, right. 30th, and 1st. Yes. In Global yes. Mass. And if you go to my website, indieghostproject.com, you can read more about it. So, Linda, I was thinking, if you're into aliens, I, next year's I have a, a Hank Lynn. We haven't decided what the what it's going to be about, but that might be something you might be interested. Oh, oh, absolutely! Oh, zombies! <laughs> <laughs> We're all over the zombies. We're good yeah, with I that. I noticed that. I noticed that. It's yeah, like club with zombies. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, Linda, I mean, we, we talked earlier about you and in, in the alien stories. And uh, do you think uh, there was a difference between, I mean, I know they vary uh, because you have spacecraft versus thing. But, I mean, when you have, especially you have, like, visitations, is visitation necessarily, I mean, can it be interpreted both ways as, as a ghost and an alien? Yes, because uh, a lot of people have told me they. Um... Oh my goodness! That's a loud pizza from the dead. Wow. That was the doorbell pizza from the dead. Here. Sorry. So, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> which, which means we have about two minutes left in the show. Oh, okay. Yes, people have told me that um, they either thought they were seeing ghosts when they were a little kid and then came to think they were aliens, or vice versa. Um, and everybody has a different frame of reference. So mm -hmm. as you were pointing out earlier, somebody might look at a ball of light and think it's an alien, think it's a ghost, think it's something religious. Um, so, yeah, for sure, uh, everybody experiences things differently. Right. I mean, it, it, the funny part about it, you're a ghost investigator. We we have our theories with ghosts, but we, we really can't, prove what a ghost is or even say what exactly what a ghost is. I mean, is it, what exactly is it? I mean, you know, when you have so many different types and where, for instance, you have like, uh, you know, uh, intelligent hauntings versus uh, ones that are just replays, uh, you know, it, it's, they, could they be ghosts? Could they be us from the past? Could they be us from the future? Could they be interdimensional uh, travelers? I mean, are aliens? I mean, so many, so many uh, questions. Oh, well, now you're just completely confusing me. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at that. Yeah, it's uh, no, we cannot state with certainty what these things are, but we can keep researching them, categorizing them, try to make some sense yeah. um, because we can't help ourselves. We have to do this. Yeah, it's it's that's what to me, all the questions makes it so interesting. I uh, I, it's just my thirst of knowledge that really drives me in this field. Oh, absolutely. If, as I said, you know, if it's something unusual or unexplained, I am all over it. Well, the tunes are playing, which means we've got to wrap it up. Linda Zimmerman has been our guest, and I want to thank you so much. It was great speaking with you again. It was a lot of fun. Glad we reconnected. Thank uh, you, Linda. Thank you, Linda. And uh, we'll have to connect on Facebook as well. So till next time. Remember to tune in and uh, find
find out all what's going on in the strange world of the paranormal with Anna and Rod right here on Tojanet, Pararex, and beyond. We'll see you next week. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good Lord.